Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there and welcome to everybody watching the Wednesday podcast on This Is Ibrooks. I'm joined by two of my favourite guests today. Andy, how are you doing today? Very well indeed. Um, I got another day closer to real football starting back up, so what can be what can be bad about hmm. that? Yeah, yeah, very positive. And I seen you furrowing your brow there when I said favourite guests, Scott. Uh, I wasn't joking, so how, how are you today, Scott, as well? I know, but I thought you were seeing two Andes. Um, if I'm totally <laughs> honest, mate. Um, yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm buzzing to be here. I'm actually not because, um, well, we're talking about Rangers. If I'm honest, um, but we'll get to that. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we all feel a wee bit like that today. But uh, listen, as always, there's plenty to talk about. Um, we'll discuss this this European squad that, that that seems to have been getting dissected over over the last couple of days. The ins, the outs, there's, there's some omissions on that, which have, have certainly raised a few eyebrows. Um, I want to talk about the the new deal that, that Bailey Rice has, has signed at Rangers. That seems to be a bit of positive news coming out of the club, which has, has been uh, slim pickings over the last two weeks. Um, and then we want to look ahead to to the game at the weekend against St Johnston. Well, I say we want to look ahead at it. Well, maybe we don't, but but we're going to talk about it nonetheless. Uh, everybody that watches the show knows that I like to do a we on this day. Andy, I'll come to you for this one if that's all right. Uh, on this day, Rangers beat Porto three two at Ibrox in the first group game of the Champions League in two thousand and five. It was Levin Krantz and Dado Pussel with the goals for Rangers. Uh, a, a player that's uh, a bit of a nemesis at Ibrox. Pepe scored the, scored the other two for, for Porto in that one. And Diffie couldn't have Puzzle being the only player with long hair scoring in that game. Uh, Kiriakos scored uh, to make it 3-2 at the end. What were your memories of that game? What were your memories of, you know, loving Krantz, whatever, as a player and just uh, Europe at that time as a, as a Rangers supporter? Uh, I was at the game. I remember being at the game. And for some reason or other, I was in the Copeland. Um, I remember... Um, seeing the third goal, goal going in Kiriakos, it was a kind of goal line stramash if, if, I'm, if I remember correctly Heather eh, on the goal line really as such, could have been a foul perhaps today, may have been a foul against the goalkeeper, you, you just don't know it went to, probably still be watching the VAR as we speak <laughs> yeah. um, you just don't know um, obviously good to get off to a good start in the, the Champions League Lovenkrantz I loved Lovenkrantz in the Champions League um, can't you'll need to re- refresh my memory. Was that the year we got to the last sixteen as a first Scottish team? First Correct, Scottish yeah. team we get there, 
And I believe he he, he scored that he scored against Inter Milan to get us there. Something at Ibrox, what a peach of a goal as well. He was known for good yeah. goals, obviously that season as well, and the previous year for obvious reasons. Um, big Kyriakos, Greek. They're just off the they're just off the back of winning the the Euros at the time. They won it in two thousand and four. Yeah, year, two years early for that, perhaps for that. Um, so as you can probably tell by my, my warblings, I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but not not a lot of it. But it just goes to show you how important it is to get off to a good start, Champions League, Europa League, whatever it may be. When it comes to a six game uh, league as such, like that's so important to go off to a good start, especially at home. That year we did, and we obviously made it made it work. Yeah, no, it was a that was a a, a good uh, time to be a Rangers supporter in Europe that time, especially with some good goals and as you said, really good memories of, of getting to the to the last sixteen. Seem, seems like a bit of a, a pipe dream nowadays, but um, you know, hopefully one day we'll we'll get back there. Um, look, Scott, we'll, we'll get into the the podcast proper now. Maybe before we get into the 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 Europa League squad and all that sort of stuff. There was a, a wee bit of news about half an hour, maybe four to five minutes before we came on, and that was I think Talksport put out a tweet relating to to Graham Potter, you know, potentially turning down a move to to Rangers or or, or Rangers have inquired about a move to him. Just we can't not talk about it, um, given what's going on in all the chat about the manager at the minute. I suppose we'll know where we stand if Graham Potter's sitting in the sitting in the, the director's box at, at Ibrox um, for the next couple of weeks, you know, about akin to, to Bill when, when Van Bronckhorst was still the manager. But what do you make of this? Just there's, there's nothing in it. It's probably just been a bit of a very loose um, connection. I mean, <clears throat> as always with these things, there's there's, there's probably no smoke without fire. Um, so I, I, I very much doubt that we're maybe not making inquiries in the background, um, a la, as you say, last season with, with GVB. Um I think realistically, I, I think Graham Potter is a bit beyond our pay range, though, at the minute. This guy's still getting his severance pay for Chelsea, as far as I understand it. Um, and there's been rumours of Leon sniffing about him as well, and they would just blow us out the water in terms of any potential you know, wage structure. Um, but in terms of the managerial thing, I think, as I say, there's no smoke without fire. We probably need more Harry Potter than Graham Potter to save our season at this stage. Um, but... If Graham Potter were to be the manager, if I just want to put my, my, my take on that, I'd, I'd, I'd be quite content with a change at the top at the minute, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, that, that that's fair enough. And Andy, I might as well ask you about it as well. I, I know there's, I'm perhaps maybe not as frustrated as other Rangers fans um, in, in terms of Michael Beale. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, after after the, the game uh, a couple of Sundays ago, uh, I was absolutely fuming. With the, with the way that things had, had gone, the way the team had played, the tactics. Um, where where do you sit in all of this, and, and and what do you mean? Are you happy even that the club are, are looking at contingency plans? I'd be I'd be even more angry if they weren't. To be brutally honest with you, um, Kyle, I think this is a this is a play we've all seen before. In my opinion, um, I thought we were going to get onto the, the kind of St Johnson and where we see ourselves later on. But the way I see it as, it's, as it stands at the moment, I don't see this season going our way unless there is a change. And I think the change has got to be to be soon. Um, it's, it's quite as simple as that. History tells us that if we continue like this, we'll just be stuttering and stuttering and stuttering. And the most annoying thing, including last Sunday, for me is this is a Celtic team that look very, very susceptible to dropping points. Last year, especially last year, out of the two years that they won the title, um, they got their noses in front 
and didn't look as if you could peg them back very easily. It looks different to me this season, but that's mm-hmm. only if there's a change almost immediately. So I'd be very happy with same as Scott, I'd be very happy with a change at the top at the moment. Yeah, no, it's it's been interesting. As I said, there's I, I, like I'd, I'm maybe not as frustrated as other Rangers supporters. I, I still think I, I'm, I would give Beal a bit of a, a chance still. I, I totally get people wanting to to change it and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure I'll get some, some comments um, about that. But I just, yeah, I think my mind might be made up very much after this this next game and we'll see exactly how that goes in, on Saturday. But we will come to that. But look, um, Scott, I'll come to you first on the, the Rangers uh, Europa League squad was, was finalised. Uh, yesterday, I think it was, it was submitted to UEFA. The squad as follows. The goalkeepers are Jack Butland, Robbie McCrory, Kieran Wright. Defenders, uh, James Tavernier, John Souter, Connor Golson, Sterling, Ben Davies, Bona Barisic. In the midfield, we've got John Lundstrom, Jack Sifuentes, Raskin. And then in the forwards, uh, hang on, because it'll take me about 10 minutes to read <laughs> Uh, Cyril Dessers, Tom Lawrence, Todd Cantwell, Sam Lammers, Ravi Matondo, Abdullah Seema, Scott Wright, Kamar Roof, and Danilo. Um, before we get on to the to the omissions from the the squad, there, Scott, what do you what do you think of of the 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 the, uh, the, the European squad that we've got so far? It's it's surprising, um, in a number of ways. We're very very top heavy by the looks of it, which suggests a couple of things. It suggests that potentially Bill didn't get all the bodies that he wanted in the summer transfer window, or that there's a, a big imbalance in the squad itself, or even that we're potentially going to be very attacking in the Europa League this season. Um, it worries me for a number of reasons. I, I think we're, we're very weak at the back. Um, I don't think it's any surprise to anyone if I say I'm not a fan of Borna Barisic. So the fact that Ridvan in particular has been left out, I'm just I'm astounded by again, that potentially points to a couple of other things maybe happening in the background with, with Red Van, so I'm sure that's something that we'll get to. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't keen on that squad list when I looked at it, if I'm totally honest. I feel as if, when you put it down in, in paper, there was a lot of rumblings at the start of the season that we've improved, we're a much better squad. When you put it on paper, you're looking at it and thinking, are we? And and that's the sort of one question that I've left with, staring at that squad list. Yeah, I think uh, do you know I'm I'm just reading the squad last back there. I, I didn't actually realise that that John McLaughlin wasn't including the goalkeepers. But again, we'll, yeah. we'll maybe come back to that later. But Andy, what what do you make of that? I I totally agree with with what Scott said there in terms of it. It, it seems so like forward heavy in there. I, I cannot believe the amount of like forward thinking players that that are in that squad. One that particularly baffling Scott Wright. Seeing as we were trying to offload him in the summer, he's just not a guy that I would expect to be to be featuring something like this. What 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 do you make of the the uh, the Europa League squad that the Rangers have released? I was just as surprised as, as Scott was with various things as well. Um, very very top heavy, but the whole, I think the whole squad as a whole is top heavy. You know that's obviously pretty 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 looked at and pretty looked to strengthen the most. Whether he's done that or whether he's not remains to be seen. As it stands, probably not. Um, people that Yelma has been left out. <laughs> does that mean that's the end for Ridvan Yelmaz? I would suggest yes, it probably does. If he's he's the only but he's, third, he's now third choice backup. He's third backup for Borna Barris. It's Sterling being number two. So that suggests to me that he's he's not got a future at Rangers, or certainly under Michael Beale. Um I think that's obvious. The omission of Balligan, 
just seems to me like this, it's a massive gamble. It seems a massive mm-hmm. gamble to go with that. I mean, there's a one, two, three, four, six defenders, three centre halves. I mean, fingers crossed, there's not going to be any massive injuries. But this is Rangers. <laughs> every every press conference last year, we we seem to hear bad news about injuries, especially during the European campaign. So I think it's a massive gamble to keep all these players as fit as they can be mm-hmm. for the six games. Dowell missing out suggests to me that the injury that he's got isn't perhaps as short term as we as we ho- hoped, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the Europa League runs on till Christmas time. So if he was going to be back, say, start of November, end of October, you'd like to think he'd have been in. So does that suggest that he's not going to be back till Christmas time? We, we don't know. We'll find out, I suppose, on Friday at the press conference before Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so left a lot of questions unanswered and <laughs> we won't get answers until Friday. So we will... Um, We'll see what happens come Friday, but shocked, quite shocked at the the, the, the squad list. Yeah, and and again, just before we, we come on to I get some of the omissions, I know you touched on a couple of them there. What what are your thoughts on the fact that, that Tom Lawrence is in the squad, Andy, and even Kamar Roof? I mean, are, are you now expecting to see, I mean, I, I'm maybe jumping ahead of me, but, but from that, I'm just assuming that Lawrence is going to be fit for, for Saturday type thing. And what do you make of those two in particular being included in, in this squad? I think you've got to assume that. I think you've got to assume that Lawrence is now fit. If he's been named in a European squad from now till Christmas, he's got he's got to be fit. Um, Dowell obviously unfit, so he's not been named. That's you got. I, I love the fact that Kemar Roof and Lawrence are in. Um, it's, a, it's another kind of uh, Rangers news isn't fantastic at the moment. I think this is good news. I think this has got to be down to good news. I would have um, Kemar Roof as the, the the main striker every day of the week in my opinion, um, I think keeping him fit from now till Christmas in the Europa League could be massive if we want to finish to go through this Europa League group. Yeah, again, I think that's totally, totally fair comment. Um, Scott, look, I'll, I'll come to you. The sort of the title in the pod here is, is does Ridvan Yilmaz have a long-term future at Rangers? Um, for me, this is it's a bit of a, a weird omission, this, given how, how light we are in the fence. I mean, I'm assuming Bill... I'm all, I'm a, I know Sterling talked in his pre-season that he could play right, left, back. I'm assuming that's the thing behind it. Beal would rather have a player that could play both on the left and the right side than just rather have it on the left side. But, I mean, is, is, um, we might find out on Friday, but is his injury worse than it was? Or, or I, I have always suspected that Beal just doesn't fancy Ridvan as a player. Do you feel the same? What, what What's your take on the fact that he's been left out? I'm probably of the same opinion as yourself. I just feel as if Beale doesn't rate him for whatever reason, even though every time I think he's appeared under Beale, I've, I've always thought he's looked very positive. He's looked very direct and you know he's brought us a different layer to, to attacking down that left that, that Bonner just doesn't give you. Um, he's a lot more kind of fluid on the ball. He likes to carry the ball and he likes to drive at defenders, whereas Bonner will obviously sit back and, and do his crossing thing all the time. Um, for whatever reason, I, I know I'm not going to get into that, um, for whatever reason, I just don't feel as if Bill likes him, and I I don't get it. But if it's the case that he doesn't rate him, we just need to cut our losses. We should have done so in in, in, in the summer window if it was going to be the case. We're now holding on to a player that either he doesn't want to be here or we don't want him to be here, and it's it's not a good look at all. Yeah, Andy, what what do you make of the whole sort of Ridvan thing? That's him being here for for a a year now. There was obviously a big outlay on him. I think it was about four point five five million quid. <laughs> Rangers have ended up spending on him. The end. 
at the time, I did think this was a bit of a strange one because one of the few positions that we did not need covering was was left back. I know I certainly remember Patrick Caskey when when he was on the This Is Ibrooks that he you know was ranting and raving about him. I was really really positive to to see a player like Redvan signing, but he just it's just not worked. Like, do you think that he has a a, a long term future at Rangers? As it stands, no. Under this manager, I don't think so. Um, you're right. Four point five million is a heavy price tag for a left back, which you're right, Kyle. I, I don't think was completely necessary last summer. I really don't. Um, that said, I do rate him when he plays. Uh, um, I know Scott's not the biggest fan of Borna Barrett's crossy things, as, as he put it there, <laughs> but um, I am. But uh, I do like the way Redvan attacks better than, than Borna Barisic. Barisic has got an awful habit, in my opinion, of beating the first man, realising the guy's catching him up, and then stop to beat him again, then losing the ball, which, which is infuriating, as we, as we all know. Um, no, I don't think his future is here, uh, Redvan. How we get our money back for him, I don't know. If we get another manager in, could he thrive? Possibly, possibly. Um, it's just baffling that he's not been he's not been put in this um, in this squad list. But then that's I suppose we should be used to this. But now Michael Beale does does baffling things, you know. He sees a he sees a team going to win the Scottish League with wingers and pace and signs slow players and plays narrowly. So it's, it's it is baffling. It's all it's all baffling to me at the moment. I would like to see him stay here, to be honest with you, Yilmaz. I'd like to see another manager come in and see what we can get out of him because Barisic's time is up. It's pretty much up. You know, it's, it can't go on much much longer. Him and Tav, I suppose. Age comes to his all. It's absolutely no... It's, no, it's nothing bad on them at all. Age comes to his all. They clearly lost a bit of pace in the right-hand the right hand side. Barisic, that will happen as well. So I would like to see him under the proper management, under the proper coaching, under the proper tactics, see how he gets on, because I think there's a player there. 4.5 million suggests there is, but as I said, we at Rangers, very good at signing players at 3, 4, 5 million and making them look bang average. I don't think this guy is bang average, I just think we need to see the best of him. Yeah, yeah, I agree somewhat with you there. Um, a couple of comments coming here. Pete Lawrence says, did you not think that Redvan looked like he just woken up when he came on against Celtic? He did not look like he wanted to come on. And you know what? Maybe there is a bit of that. I, I was surprised at how sort of, not slow, that's not the right word. They just looked a bit stodgy at times, if you know what I mean, when he came on, given that the fact that he's played in Turkey for been part of massive derbies over there. I mean, it's it's no mean feat playing against, you know, your, your Galatasaray's and stuff like that over there. And another wee point that's come in here, uh, and I'll ask this to you, um, Scott. Chris Redhand says, um, Ridvan is obviously off to Turkey and loan. The Turkish window doesn't close until the 15th. Uh, I was reading that just before I came on. They, they've still got a couple of days to go over. If, if a bid comes in for him or, or an offer comes in for him to, to go and loan, would you sanction that if you are at Rangers or, or would you rather he stayed at the club? What, what would you do? No, I mean, throw back to the, the comment earlier, we're top heavy. Um, we don't. I don't think we can afford to let too many players in defence or midfield go away, if I'm totally honest. Um, I think it would be the right thing to do if we could get a replacement body in, at least. Mm-hmm. But we can't. So we'd end up, I think, really cutting our nose off there to spite our faces. There's no point in just getting rid of the guy because Bill doesn't like him. It could just be a backup up until January. Um, but it's interesting to note that it's not shut to the 15th. I'd, I'd assume that it was shut just like every other country, but obviously Turkey makes its own rules. So who knows? 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly. And and I'll stick with you as well, Scott. Um, while we're still talking about some of the omissions from the squad, Andy touched on it a wee bit earlier in terms of Leon Balogun not being included in there. I said that just again, it just seems like another bit of a baffling decision, given that that Beale said that he was brought in for cover. And if this squad does not scream out, we need some sort of cover in it. Um, I, I don't know how we do that. It, Scott Wright, for me, is the one that shouldn't be involved in this. And, and Leon Balogun should be in it. What What do you make of the exclusion of, of Leon Balogun? And, and why the hell have we not got more defenders in here? It's it's a weird one because you're right, Balogun is cover. He's covered for centre-half. He's also covered for right-back. He's played right-back against Celtic when Tab was injured. Um, so we know that he can do a job there. Obviously, we've got Dujon Sterling who can also cover the right-back area, which I understand. Um, I find that a bit baffling. I don't feel like Beale rates Ben Davies. I don't feel like the support rates Ben Davies. So it, it's kind of baffling to me that he's in there ahead of Balogun, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, with the Scott Wright inclusion, Scott Wright's best performance for us in a long time came when he played right wing-back. Um, and he actually looked he looked half decent in that position. So I mean, if that's where Bill sees his future, it's probably the only thing that me and Michael Bill could potentially agree on if Scott writes the State Rangers. So it might be that he is in there as that defensive cover for all we know. Um but if I if I'm honest, it just this this just seems like Bill's shut his eyes and thrown darts at a dartboard to try and choose who he wants in this squad. It's so unbalanced. I hope I'm wrong, but when this group draw was made, I was rubbing my hands thinking, this is an e- not an easy group, but it's a winnable group. We could do well in this. Yeah. You know, I'm a bit worried even for just the Aris game, if I'm honest. Oh, man, this is... I, I, I was hoping to try and bring a bit of positivity with this podcast, but no, I, I think I, I agree with you. It, it It's just... I think with a lot of times we've seen squads being announced, nobody's questioned them. I don't know if it's just, you know, all hyped up because of the the sort of situation that we've, you know, found ourselves in um, in terms of the PSV defeat and and then defeating the old firm game. But everything's getting quite... Nothing's just making sense at the minute. And I think that's what a lot of the support are are really trying to get their their head around. The last player that I want to talk about, and and I'll ask you um, about him, Andy, is uh, Kieran Dill. Is his... Must his injury be be worse than than first thought? Because he's a guy that's that's really impressed me so far, um, and and the sort of glimpses that, that that we've seen him in, he's been not flying into the tackles, but he's been snapping into the tackles and and, and really seemed to be you know up with the pace and, and and trying to get the game to to move quickly. It must be an injury. That's the only reason that I can think of that that Dowell's not involved in this squad. Must be, and well, we know he's injured. We know he's we know he's carrying something. Um, for how long we don't know. We'll find out uh, Friday. I'm assuming uh, why he's omitted from the squad. But as I said before, it must be till the tail end of October, November for him to be out of the squad altogether. It must be, or, or otherwise he'd be. And he's very an important player. He's going to be now. I think it was a wee bit of a risk signing him. He was quite injury prone. Um, and the, you're right, Kyle, away, fling yourself into tackles, you can possibly see why. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he'd be a massive asset in a, in a group like this. Um, you might need that wee bit of dig, that wee bit of guile, you know, somebody even come on as a, I don't like the phrase, but impact player, I hate the phrase, but somebody like that that you can bring on to stern up the midfield or, or, or even push forward and get a goal. Very airfield like if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of similarities there, I believe. So, it must be an injury. It must be an injury. Until we see the press conference on Friday afternoon, we won't know for sure. But heading a vice right now, I think he's going to be out for a wee while or he would be in the squad. 
Yeah, and that's another question I'll come to you here, Scott, with this one. So, like the exclusion of, of Yilmaz and, and, and Dill, say, say these are injuries, is, would it not be better to hear this from the club in, in some sort of statement prior to a press conference that these are injured, or they are injured, so that the we are not speculating about this or, or should the club's communication be better with things like this if it turns out they are injured rather than us going apoplectic the fact that we don't know what's going on? I, I'm, I'm holding some trauma for last season, talking <laughs> about Rangers, talking about injuries. It's It, it really is it's the last thing I want to hear. Um, I, I just think the way that we communicate our injuries is, is totally... It seems backwards, you know. We get the whole you'll be ready in six weeks, you'll be ready for this game, and then six weeks comes and this game comes, and that player is not ready. That player being Red Van Yilmaz, funnily enough, last season we we're talking about. It's mm. just we're not very good, I think, at dealing with injuries and setting expectations with the fans. So I think it's probably for the best that we don't comment on it at all and just say he's injured with no further information there at all. We don't need to know, we don't need to get our hopes up because all it does is let us down uh, when it comes to it and the player isn't fit. I'm, I'm getting right depressive on this, aren't I? <laughs> I'm just bringing the tone down every single time. Um, no, it's, um, it's. Um, I think I just, just, just let it lie. I used to be one of these guys saying, I want to know when the player's going to be back, but it, it just sets expectations that maybe we don't need at this point. Yeah, I think there's an interesting comment coming in here from, from Pete Lawrence. All of a sudden, Bill will be like Geo in the pressers. Now I change, man, you watch. And I, I think that was something that was very noticeable the last time the sort of support turned against the manager was that you could see he was he was a totally different figure in, in a lot of those press conferences. So I, I, I like all Rangers supporters, I think we'll be paying particular attention to this Um that's press conference on Friday um, than others. Um, look, Andy, right, so I'm going to come on to a bit of positive news for for, uh, for Rangers. Uh, it might not even be the first team. It's within the academy, but um, yesterday Rangers Academy announced that Bailey Rice has signed a contract extension at the club until May 2026. The 16-year-old made his first team debut for uh, Rangers in a 3-0 victory over Livingston in February before making further appearances for Michael Beale's side across pre-season. Um, he's also captained the Scotland under-17s, making the step up to the Scotland under-19s as a 16-year-old. Um, he's you know been involved in the B team and uh, and the first team Michael Beale said we're delighted that Bailey has extended his contract this is recognition of the development he has made since joining the club and in making the step up to the first team during the pre-season period Bailey is aware that he has a long road ahead of him in terms of further improvement and maintaining the same excellent mentality it will be key to him fulfilling his potential what do you make of this? Are you happy the fact that the club have tied down what seems to be a really, really, really talented player until 2026? Um, and, and are you happy that at least we're doing this side of things in, in the youth programme? Of course, yeah. Of course, it's, it's great news. It's great to hear. So often you lose, Billy, Billy Gilmore being one, you lose at that age and they head, head south. Sometimes it can happen a wee bit later with, with Patterson, etc. I've not seen, apart from his first team, games in the, in the pre-season. I've not seen much of him, but from what I read and from what I hear, he stands out at the level he's at. I.e. that's why he jumped up to the under-19s now with, with Scotland. He can, apparently stands out. That tells its own story. He's, he looks like he's going to be a class act. Now, it's very important that we nurture that properly. Um, spend a lot of money on youth development for this very reason. So when he gets to this stage, I think it's even more crucial than the previous couple of years he's had in order to make that develop properly. 
Whether we'll see him much as a first-team player for Rangers this season, I very much doubt. I think if we've got any ideas of winning the league championship this year, I think it's going to be very, very tight, which probably won't be, um, be the best kind of situation for Bailey Rice to be flung into, unless obviously completely necessary. But we do have the League Cup coming up next week. Fingers crossed, and I mean, Scott's doing his best to put a down on everything to do with him. <laughs> Um, fingers crossed next week is it next week or the week after we play Livingston at Ibrox in the Cup if that game's going well will we see him hopefully hopefully mm-hmm. why not It's he's obviously going to be in a high just signed a deal for the next three years only 16 years of age the, the, the world's his oyster kind of thing so it'd be great to see him in games like that whether we see him the rest of the time I very much doubt but yes fantastic and as much as the news coming out of Ibrox all the time there now seems to be doom and gloom it's yeah. a fantastic bit of news yeah, that's it. Uh, RFC72 here says Rice has to start getting game time now, um, which is interesting. I, I, I wonder I wonder if he will feature in squads and, and stuff like that. I think the League Cup that you mentioned there, Andy, that would be a good time <clears> to have him. And then around the first team, maybe not starting against Livingston, but I certainly could see him making an appearance. Uh, and Curry Muncher here says, great if he actually gets progression at the first team. Yet to see any youngsters manage to get into that in recent times. Um Scott, I'm going to try and force you to be slightly positive here <laughs> with this. But um, what what have you made of of, of Bailey Rice? And, and I know I never like heaping these like once in a generation talents, and people are already comparing them to to Barry Ferguson type thing. But um, he, he's been so impressive every time I've seen him B team for the first team, and I, I, every time I watch him, I cannot believe that he's. I mean, I'm 32 and. He's 16 and he's about two foot taller than me. He's a big boy, um, which I think is only going to serve him well in the modern game. Uh, strong, powerful, quick. By all accounts, he seems to be a very, very clever player as well. But like you're saying there, it's important we don't hype him up too much. So I'm going to say right now, he's rotten. Um, he'll never get a game for Rangers and he'll hopefully prove me wrong. Um, no, I've, I've, I know a few people in, in the Scotland youth um, set up my next door neighbours grandson's in Scotland youth so he knows Bailey personally um, says he's a very very good player um, says he's a, a cracking player so I think we've got a lot to be excited about um, I just hope this is one like the guys were saying in the comments this is one that potentially does get game time because too many times over the last few years under you know Gerard, who Bill was with um, we saw players like you know uh, Kai Kennedy etc not getting the game time that potentially they were they were earmarked for so it's important that we give this boy room to grow um, as if he needs any more room to grow his massive. <laughs> I stick stick him in one of those tomato grow bags and, and see what happens. But yeah, he's he's he, yeah yeah he's a fantastic talent. And as I said, that, that it's his um, maturity on the pitch that that really not shocks me, but it takes me aback every time I see him because he's he's telling players like that are 10, 15 years older than them what to do in a pitch, and and I always think that's a very good mm-hmm. sign. You know, when, when youth players are coming through. Pete Lawrence here says, I've not seen much of him, but his attitude appears to be squeaky clean, <laughs> which is which is huge, but it's totally true. Um, and uh, Luke Gibson, 97, says, keep him on the bench and give him minutes if we're 3 4 no, which would be a miracle at the minute. And yeah, I, that's that's taking optimism to, to the utmost there. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Luke. It, it would be a miracle, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. You, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Um, Luke, we'll come on to the, to the game on, on Saturday now. Um, obviously, it's a half twelve kickoff uh, on Saturday at McDermott Park, where Rangers are taking on St Johnson. 
before we get into team lineups, how we think teams have gone, and again, just to bring the doom and gloom back down on the podcast, Andy, I'll, I, I think I could ask you this question and you could talk for about 15 minutes uh, on this, but where have your frustrations been with the, the squad, the management? Where, where's it all gone wrong for Rangers up into this point of the season so far? Uh, there's a few, a few things. Um, obviously, you, you don't you don't lose two of your first four games. One of them being at Ibrox without massive issues. Simple as that. Um, one of the main issues I think at the moment is you hear it all the time. Beal doesn't know his best eleven. Now I, I don't believe that he works with these players six days a week. He must know who the best player for each position is. Is he being too stubborn? To play them in the correct positions? Does he realise that he's perhaps bought wrongly in the transfer window? We don't know. What I do think has to happen on Saturday afternoon is he's got to put his best 11 out there and he's got to stick to his best 11 is a thing of the past. You don't do that. But he's got to show that at least he knows who his best starting 11 is. In my opinion, there's a few things have to change with that then. I think you have to play Nico Raskin higher up the pitch and not as a holding midfielder. I think you have to start Danilo. And it's not just because of his £6 million price tag, if that is indeed the price tag. I think it's because out the forwards we've signed, Dessers, Lammers, him and Seema, he looks like the best striker. He seems to have the best touch. He seems to, albeit he's not rapid, but he's got the best turn of pace out of them all. Um, so I think he, he has to start there. You could be forgiven for not starting him in a couple of the games. But I think it's time now to, to get him in. Whether he's took time to adjust or whatever, that's that's irrelevant as a Rangers supporter watching Rangers play football. You don't really care whether it takes them time to, to settle. They must settle quickly. Um, a lot quicker than, than six points out of 12 anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. So a few things like that have to change. When it comes to the back four, um, there's nothing much he can change, really. Does he, does he drop Suter for his three or four mistakes he's had now and play Davies? Probably not. I think it's more important to try and keep Goldson and Suter together and their mistakes should hopefully go. There's no doubt about it. Tav's lost a yard of pace, but he has still got the ability to change a game up in Perth, whether it be a free kick, whether it be a corner, whether it be something. He's got the ability to do that. That may well be important. You're not going to drop your captain anyway. And the same with the other side, Bona Barisic. You may have to rely on one of his crossy things, as Scott says, onto somebody's head to break the deadlock or something like that. So there's so many things... I don't think I've ever been as interested as to see a start deliver as I'm going to be Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning when we see the team. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things need addressed. The intensity needs addressed. The pace needs addressed. Um, somebody's going to have to sit me down and tell me how Michael Beale thinks he can win a league in Scotland playing with no width and no pace. It's, it's, it's absolutely bonkers to me. So something has to change, whether that's to give Matondo a bigger run of the team as the only player with pace and width. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling on and just um, shouting and bawling about things that are annoying me, which I suppose was the question. (laughs) There is so much at the moment that um, I don't really know. All we can hope for as we go up there, he feels the strongest eleven, and they turn things around. That said, what does Michael Beale have to do to convince me that he's turned things around? He can't do that until January. And that means taking maximum points in the league, including going to Celtic Park on the 30th of December. This can't be changed overnight. A good performance on Saturday will only will be only that, a good performance on Saturday. It still won't 
convinced me that he's the right man for the job, if you like. It's going to take four, five, six months and winning some of the big games. Now, the Europa League games are all big games, so we, we, need, to, we need to do well in that. The away from home ones, obviously, a wee bit different, but Ibrox, you're looking to take nine points at Ibrox. Simple as that. You can be forgiven for taking seven points at Ibrox, put it that way. Yeah. But from now until January, it must be maximum points in the SPFL. It must be it's as simple as that. Even at that, the performances must go coincide with that. But Saturday is... Important as Saturday is, five games in, it's 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 huge. The old Firm game, we all said that Rangers fans and Celtic fans, whoever loses that game goes into the international break and has the potential to capitulate. We have almost done that, almost. The narrative, the feeling, the morale, and now the form is so low that it's going to take something special. It can't be changed in an hour and a half game in Perth on Saturday. It can be changed only from now till January. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's it's whether or not it gets that length of time to to change it, Andy. Uh, as you said, I think a lot of supporters feel the exact same way that, that you do in terms of it, something has to be done and, and I know that people already want them out. But Scott, I'll ask you a, a very similar question. Pete Lawrence here actually makes a wee point in here. He says, the lack of momentum from chopping and changing uh, lineups. I think that's certainly one of the most frustrating things from, from my point of view. I think it was in Monday's pod, I think Craig said, uh, there was a really, really revealing stat that in is it eight of the nine competitive games we've started with a different front three, which I do not know how you're expecting a team to gel within nine games. You're you're having a different um, front three every time, but um, you know, get in your soapbox with this one. Where have your frustrations lay with with the team so far up until this point in the season? It's it's much like what Andy was saying. It's 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 the rigidity of Michael Beale and his tactics. He, he doesn't seem to want to change when everybody knows exactly what we should be doing to get results. We need that pace. We need that width, just as Andy's saying. I don't mind Cyril Dessers, if I'm totally honest. I know he gets a lot of flack, but see if he had men around him running and creating space and getting wide and crossing the ball in, probably a much better player, probably look a lot better, but the system that we've got set up for him just does not work. Um, we're very lucky to have you know John Walker um, as part of the pod, and he kind of breaks it down in a very relatable and understandable way, where he, he tells us how we attack, and we do attack with a diamond, and it just does not work. That lack of width, and the width only coming for the full-backs, if we're going to use that, we need to use it right, and we just, for whatever reason, don't. Um, and I'm, just, I'm getting more frustrated I'm getting more frustrated with every word that's coming out of my mouth, uh, but getting more frustrated as, as every day goes by, just thinking about what do we do. Um, I was initially one of the guys that after the, the old firm game, I didn't want to change manager uh, because I thought, well, what would it change? Because these players are still going to be here, but the more I'm sitting on it, the more I'm waiting, I'm thinking maybe a change of manager does do the world a good. Maybe we then do just go to a 4-3-3 and play some attacking football and just try our best. Right now, it just seems as if Bill's got an idea we're going to stick to that idea, whether it kills or no. And it's um, a bit worrying, if I'm honest. Yeah, it is, it's kind of mental, given that this is exactly almost, you know, a carbon copy of what happened with Van Bronckhorst, was he had his idea and he was too stubborn to change it. Um, and, and, well, we all know what happened in that story. Um, Robert Robertson here, and I, I totally agree with this, he just says... Uh, it's too narrow, and, and I agree. I think both of you have touched on on how narrow it is as well. Um, and Chris Redhand here he says each one is just papering over the cracks and, until Beal is gone for me. Um, 
Andy, there's another question from a, a listener that comes in here from, from Scott Hammond. Scott Hammond says, can you see Beal changing tactics or doubling down and, and more of the same? Do you think that we will see uh, you know, more width and, and a sort of drastic tactical formation change? Or are you expecting to see 4-3-3 out there on Saturday as well? I don't think you will change. No, I don't think you will. Um, it would have changed by now. Um, I, I don't. Another thing I'm going to have to be sat down and, and told is why he knows how to beat Celtic. He'd done it last year, dead rubber or not. Sick of hearing it. There's no such thing as a dead rubber when you when you play Celtic. It's as simple as that. He set his team up to go out there and, and scalp them. And we did 3 0 by a high press with the ball in the net twice at Ibrox, albeit one was a mile offside. Yeah. The second one has been debated long and hard into evenings. We've done that by pressing. We've done that by pressing them. When we pressed them, we had success. And then we decided to sit off them and give Callum McGregor the width of Ibrox Park to play football. You don't do that. You're not against Celtic. They've got the quality to hurt you, which they did. So I don't think he is going to change. If he was open to changing, he would have realised that was working and done that instead. I just don't think he's, he's, he's going to. i seen a comment he put up a minute ago. I don't know who it was that said every win is just going to paper over the cracks until the final nail in the coffin or something along the lines. That is the feeling I get as well. I said earlier on, that he, he's got until January and he must win every game, there will come a stumbling block here. In my opinion, there will be a stumbling block somewhere between here and in January, and that, and that will be it. You know, The League Cup is a must-win. We're only one Livingston at home tie away from Hamden in the semis, so it's a must-win tie. A must-win cup, rather. Um, will he change? No, I don't think so. He would have changed by now. Kelly's bought personnel to fit a system which he believes in. I don't think he's going to chop and change it. I'd love to be wrong and be proved wrong we out in Skelps and Johnson four or five on Saturday. Yeah. Even then, is that just papered over the cracks? Possibly. I just don't see it. I don't see him changing. Yeah, look, there's a couple of comments coming here. Uh, Ian Mitchell of this parish says, if we see two defensive midfielders who should not be allowed off the bus in Perth, which is it's really, really hard to, to disagree with that. Um, and Luke Gibson... 97 says again, Beal was part of the reason for a style and strong defensive 55. Why not stick to a version of that? Which is, yeah, I think that's what's baffling us the most is we know that he knows how to set up a pressing, attacking Rangers team with, with, with pace in it. Um, and there's a really good point here again from, from Pete Lawrence. And God, I feel like it was just going over old news by, by talking about recruitment, but I think that's a fantastic point. I also think, to be honest, in recent years, we have gone for players with high ability potential, but without a strong enough mentality. And that's shown in the high pressure games. And I, I, I think there is a, an aspect of that. I think that's why, you know, your your managers like Walter Smith would always chuck in a, you know, a couple of players that you wouldn't expect to be in there, not necessarily because they're the most talented, but you knew that they were going to fly into tackles. You know, that's why I was telling Kevin Thompson before he's going on the old firm games, go and, you know, put a good couple of tackles, you know, Get stuck into him before before a game properly starts, and yeah, it's just it's just not something that we that we see an awful lot um, these days. But again, Scott, I'll 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 ask you this one here: um, Can you see a, a a drastic change in in formation? Do you see him sticking to the tactics, or do you just think we're going to get another stubborn bill? And it's as you alluded to before, I, this is the way that I want to play, and we're sticking to it, and we'll see how it goes. Exactly how I see it going. I think Bill's got a, a, a Pep Guardiola mindset, but no a Pep Guardiola mentality. He's so stubborn, but he doesn't know how to change it to make it work. Whereas obviously Guardiola is different. Um, he seems to think he actually like he knows everything. 
and he actually does know everything. Michael Beale, I think, thinks more of himself than he really is. Um, judging by his tactics, like the guy, like the way he talks, I really want him to get the job before he got it, but it's just the walls are seeming to come tumbling down all around him. And I think we really need, if it's not going to be a change of manager, it needs to be a change of emphasis and a change of, of style from Michael Beale. And I just don't think it's coming. Unfortunately, I think we're going to get a rigid 1-0 victory or a 1-1 each draw against St. Johnston and then sort of crawl our way towards that Livingston game, which inevitably we'll win. Um, we'll go at the semis and we'll get put in the semis so that nobody has to watch us get, getting beaten in the final. That's my prediction. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair enough. Um, yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough watch and I think we're all going to be um, have our eyes firmly glued in, into that lineup and see what's happening on Saturday. But Scott, I'll, I'll come to you first before we sort of wrap up the pod here, but I'll just get you. What, what's your predicted lineup going to be um, given uh, against, um, sorry, St. Johnson on Saturday at half 12? Probably expecting, I was going to say McGregor. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I really get PTSD here, don't I? Um, so, the one good player this season so far. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, so we'll go, it'll be Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, uh, Suter, Borna, um, Raskin. Jack, probably, if I'm totally honest. I think he'll keep Campbell in the midfield, which again, we've not even touched on, but that's something they shouldn't be doing. I think Campbell will stay in the midfield. And then the front three for me is going to be Matondo, Dessels and Lammers, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think there'll be a bit of a, an uproar if that is the, the lineup that we saw um, on Saturday, Andy, do you, do you agree with, with with Scott there? I think I think Lammers for me was certainly a, a, a surprise inclusion in, in his lineup. Do you think similar? Uh, I think I think he will stick with Cantwell in the midfield. Wrongly, in my opinion, and in most Rangers fans' opinion, I think that's a, it's not a waste of a jersey. He's a, he's a cracking player. You get more out of him uh, the further up the park he plays. Same with Nico Raskin, in, in my opinion. Um, I would like to see Nico Raskin up further up the park. I think we'll see. Possibly Roof leading the line. Danilo possibly should. Will we play Roof and Danilo as a two? Possibly he may do that. Matondo for the width. If you play with a two, you're losing the width. So I really, I really, um, I really don't know what he'll do. I would personally go with Matondo, Roof, and Danilo as a front three. See how it goes. That might be your, your front three from now until Christmas. You, you you just don't know. But I think it's important that Cantwell plays. Wait a minute, no, Cantwell further up the park. I'll play Cantwell, Roof and Danilo up front, mm -hmm. see how that gets on. Raskin sitting in behind them. That leaves to Jack and Lundstrom for the for the middle of the park. It's yeah. screaming phone the Samaritans right now, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah. um, I don't see it being any other way. There's so many. The front six has been talked about a lot lately. A hell of a lot, the front six, because the back five really pick itself, don't, don't they? Give or take. There's so many variations of the front six, both be it formation, be it tactics, and be it personnel now because of how many players we have for the positions. Um, it really could be, Scott said it, throwing the, the darts at a, a board and see who comes out. It really could be. Personally, I'd like to see a bit of pace here in Matondo. Cantwell in the top line. Danilo or Roof, heading a vice. Roof for me at the moment. Should play Danilo, though. It's a tricky one. I wouldn't like to have Michael Beale because he's not going to please everybody with this this team lineup. Um, yeah. As long as the scoreline's all right and as it stands at the moment, I'm earning with Scott. I think it could be a, a long old Saturday afternoon. 
Yeah, I'm the exact same. Uh, Chris Redhand here said, Andy, that's the right team, so there's no chance that, that Beal is playing that. Um, Joe 90 here says, the fact we're talking about the same players, same problems, speaks volumes of European squad selection shows we've brought uh, bought to Beal's tastes rather than our needs. And yeah, I totally agree with that. And um, uh, Curry Muncher here says, it's a, a back three incoming, um, which I don't think I'd be absolutely stunned um, if we see that. To be honest, I went for a, a similar lineup to, to yourself, Andy. I had Butland and Goal, Tav Golson, Suter, Barisic, because I think that's, that's what he'll play. There's no chance he's playing Ridvan, put it that way. I had Lundstrom sort of sitting in front of the defence. I totally agree with you, your point about Raskin. Nico Raskin needs to play further forward. That is where his keys lie, or his key strengths lie. Getting the ball, winning it off a player, and then snapping forward into the counter-attack. He has to be doing more of that. I'm maybe giving a bit more credit to Tom Lawrence than, he, than he's due. I'm assuming that you know the things we're hearing at the club. I've put Tom Lawrence in that, sitting behind a sort of back, uh, a diamond in terms of sort of front three and I've gone with the exact same forward three there. I've gone Cantwell, Danilo and Roof. It has to be Danilo. Dessers is I, I think Dessers there's a potential for Dessers to be a good player in there. He's not showing it. The manager just needs to grow a set and, and drop him. We saw the glimpses. We've seen glimpses of Danilo since he came up. I think he's always had a good in the camera we've seen him a, a good few shots at goal and we've just not seen that from from uh, from Dessers so far. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think that just about uh, sort of sums up a, a podcast where it's been a bit, a bit doom and gloom, as, as you said there, Andy. I think we'll need to put the number for Samaritans along the bottom of the... <laughs> That's that. We'll need to put the... Um, yeah, we'll need to put that number down somewhere for, for everybody watching and listening. But um, just before before we wrap up, I just want to say I was really fortunate enough to to do an interview with, with Michael McEwen and, and the, the Rangers Museum. Um, at the start of the week, that went out yesterday to sort of coincide with with um, the book that he's written. It, it's about the Scotland England in 1967, where where the the Wembley Wizards defeated England and that sort of had to become the unofficial oral champions. Um, so yeah, go and go and check that out if you can. It was very Rangers led, shall we say? Got to talk about some 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 great players from the past and got to go down to the museum as well, which is phenomenal. If you've got a bit of time, go down. If you're feeling a bit doom and gloom, go and cheer yourself up by, by looking at the, some of the stuff <laughs> that we have done in the past. But listen, just want to say thanks to, to both my guests. So thank you very much, Andy. I know this has been a, a tough podcast to get through. It's, it's, it's been great. It's been great to always oh, just to come and talk about Rangers, be it good or bad. Um, I think a podcast can be a leveller, if you like. Sometimes you have an opinion as you're, as you're working and you're talking talking about during the day you think this and you think that I find when you come onto a podcast the truth comes out how you feel comes out because you get asked direct questions from the host so yeah. the writer has been doom and gloom I was slightly more optimistic than it came out before Scott got involved <laughs> um, so now I'm just going to head up and scream into a pillow for a while and wait for Saturday afternoon that's that and uh, yeah thanks very much as well for, for joining us today Scott uh, thanks <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I'll be giving you a phone call after us to make sure everything's all right. But uh, listen, thanks as always for everybody watching, listening, and, and viewing out there. We'll be back again um, at the weekend, I'm sure, with a with a post back reaction in terms of the game. But thank you to everybody. Take care.
Social Podcast Network.